Praise the Lord. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Good to be back in church today. Amen. I have enjoyed what I've felt here. The good preaching you've been hearing at night and all of the things that have been done to make my family and me comfortable here. We thank you for everything. The room has been very nice and comfortable, all the good food and fellowship. Thank you to the steering committee. And uh, we have some great men of God leading this camp, and we give them honor today. I'm so happy to have my wife and daughter with me. I love and appreciate my family. And uh, we have a son at home in Louisiana. But uh, I thank the Lord for my Christian family today. I thank God for the church. And my brothers and sisters here. And we salute you in Jesus' name today. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Take just a moment here to get settled in and get you all comfortable. Brother McKillop was, was referring yesterday to my preaching. He kept saying this afternoon. Brother Paget said, well, I thought you preached in the morning. I said, well, I started in the morning. <laughs> and maybe I finished in the afternoon. It seemed like the Lord knocked my Bible off of here so I'd quit. <laughs> Unless this pulpit's rigged, I'm not sure. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is good to be here with you. I was uh, thinking about traveling and preaching and I don't ever want to get lifted up in that. It's kind of hard to get lifted up when you got a name like Sam Ham and you got a guy like Dr. Seuss that wrote books about green eggs and ham and Sam I am. So I've been, I've been hearing those jokes all my life. Somebody asked me, they said, do you like Dr. Seuss? I said, no, I hate him. <laughs> but my mother liked him. I heard that Dr. Seuss died. And his obituary come out something like this. Dr. Seuss is dead. Dead, I said. <laughs> anyway. I haven't... Uh, I haven't heard a new one lately. You can try me here at this camp, but the last good one I had, Brother Wilkins from Arizona come up to me. He said, hey, Brother Ham, I got one I bet you hadn't thought of. I said, well, what is that? He said, you could open a pawn shop. Oh, yeah, I call it Ham Hocks. <laughs> then uh, just recently... catch up with you. <laughs> I know it's early. Have you ever seen these big cookers? They're ceramic cookers and they look like a big egg and they call them the big green egg. Yeah, the church bought one for me recently and a little kid told his mom, he said, look, we got green eggs and ham now. <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I really am. And uh, I thank the Lord for what I've heard and felt in my spirit. And not, not just what happens in this sanctuary, but the interaction with your pastors and your leaders, men that have the work of God at heart. And it's so good to be able to fellowship with them and see all of you. God bless you today. I believe the highest calling we can have is the calling of a saint. And before any person is called into the ministry, he must, of necessity, be called to be a saint. So I salute you, the saints of God today, that have faithfully given of your substance and paid your tithe and been there for church workings and built buildings and sold peanut brittle if necessary. Whatever it took to keep the word of God, work of God going, I salute you today. And God bless all of these young people who are learning and growing in the knowledge of the truth and the nurture and admonition of the truth. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? I, I want to start the same place we started yesterday, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20, and then I want to introduce another principle to you today out of the Old Testament, and we will go into the book of Numbers chapter 19. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And, of course, we spent our time yesterday talking about the possibility of being a vessel of honor and some things we can do to make that happen. Let us go to the book of Numbers, chapter 19, this may not seem to connect at first, but hopefully before I finish it will. Verse 11. He that toucheth the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. Verse 14. This is the law. When a man dieth in a tent, all that come into the tent and all that is in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel which hath no covering bound upon it is unclean. And whosoever toucheth one that is slain with a sword in the open fields or a dead body or a bone of a man or a grave shall be unclean seven days. Verse 22. And whatsoever the unclean person toucheth shall be unclean. And the soul that toucheth it shall be unclean until even. Let us pray together. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence in this camp, for all who have gathered here for a time of fellowship, for a time of relaxation, for a time of recreation. But at this time, Lord, we're gathered in your house to try to gain understanding in your word. I pray for revelation. Lord, give me the hearts and minds of these young people for a little while. Let me talk to them from your word and by your spirit and by your holy anointing. I ask it all in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. 
We are, of course, still talking about vessels today. And we read yesterday that you, you, if you have the Holy Ghost, you are the temple of God. You are his residence. You are a vessel filled with the power and spirit and presence of God. The Bible speaks of the Holy Ghost as being a seal over us, something that covers our lives. And I want to talk to you today about the importance of coverings. I want to give you my title right now, and my title for this lesson today is Uncovered Vessels. Uncovered Vessels. In a great house, there are vessels of honor, there are vessels of dishonor. What would separate a vessel of honor from a vessel of dishonor? What would be the distinguishing mark between a vessel of honor, something that we studied yesterday is meat or easy to use, something that is prepared unto every good work, and a vessel of dishonor? Something that is not easy to use. Something that cannot be used in every good work. What separates or what distinguishes? Is it the fact that one is gold and one is earth? No. Is it the fact that one is silver and one is wood? No. The chemical composition of the vessel does not determine if it is a vessel of honor and dishonor. It is the use of the vessel. It is the cleanliness of the vessel that determines whether if it will be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. I want to tell you today that you are affected by what you touch and you are affected by what touches you. I'm not just talking about that fifth natural sense of touch or feel but I'm talking about what touches your mind, what touches your emotions, what touches your heart, what touches your spirit. Praise the Lord. In the book of Haggai, the, the priests were asked a question. They said, if a man has something holy and he touches something that is basically neutral, he said, will it make that neutral element holy? Something like bread. He said, if he, if he touches it with something holy, will it make it holy? And this, the priest said, no. He said, well, what about if a man is unclean or unholy and he touches a neutral element? Will it make it unclean? And the priest said, yes. And so we have to be careful what we touch or what we allow to touch us. We have to be careful what we take in with our senses. We have to be careful what we look at, what we listen to, what we taste, what we feel, what we smell. Even. Too much perfume, the wrong time of the day. We got to be careful. And so, Moses was teaching through the direction of the Lord 
what you come into contact with has an effect on you. You touch the dead body, you're going to be unclean. And he went on to say, if a man dies in a tent, then everybody else that comes in is unclean. And everything inside the tent is unclean. You know that when Adam sinned, he died. And everybody that has come into this world after Adam has come in unclean with an unclean heart, with a sin nature, a carnal mind that wants to rule you. And so we have to go through the purifying process. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but they did have a process for those things that had become unclean. They had this red heifer that they would take outside the camp and kill it and they would burn it and take the ashes and and uh, anybody that was unclean would have to come and, and uh, these ashes would have to be applied to them and, and they could be made clean then. I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but let me just tell you this. You need to receive the Holy Ghost and you need to be baptized in Jesus' name to get the uncleanness off of your life and off of your spirit. But even after you have received the Holy Ghost, after you have been baptized in Jesus' name, after you have repented and surrendered your life to the Lord, you still have to be careful what you allow to come into your mind and into your spirit. Praise the Lord. How about these first two young men? Come up here. I need your help for just a second. Amen. I, I want to try to illustrate this principle to you today. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a little object lesson here today. The first object is not to break my pitcher. All right, we got that done. Thank you. Appreciate that. So we have here two vessels. It looks to me like they came out of the same factory. They uh, probably made out of the same substance. And uh, so far, they look about the same. They look about the same. I want to talk to you today about certain coverings that you have in your life. And if these coverings get out of place, what a danger it can be. We, we understand, of course, that God Almighty is our Heavenly Father. He created us. He designed us. And He put us on this earth. He reigns supreme over everything and everybody. And, and uh, I especially want to illustrate to young people and teenagers where, where you fall in the, uh, uh, along the totem pole of authority in your life. The Bible teaches us, of course, that the husband is the head of the wife and that uh, Christ is the head of the church. 
What about the children? I mean, are they somewhere there between mom and dad? Are they above dad? I mean, do they get to tell their dad what to do? Do they get to dictate to mom and dad uh, how things go around the house or vice versa? Praise the Lord. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It also says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And so you might say, well, what's the difference in obeying and honoring? You can obey without honoring. To honor means to cheerfully obey. And so Paul didn't, he, he not only said obey, he said honor, which of course was the first commandment with promise. You might say, well, that said obey your parents in the Lord. What about Colossians 3 and 20? Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. And so I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I want to tell you, young folks, that when it comes to authority, at least as far as this book is concerned, you're, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Everybody in your life is ahead of you. Your dad is the head of the household, the priest of the home. Your mom is under his headship. And then you go to school and you realize there's teachers that have authority over you. And they have the power to make you sit down when you don't want to sit down. They have the power to make you lay down and take a nap. When you're in kindergarten at least. They have the power to tell you, get outside and play. And they also have the power to say, game's over, come back inside. They have the power to say, read this. And you have to read it or suffer the consequences. They have the power to say, this is your homework. You have to do your homework. They have the power to write your parents a note and say, little Johnny was bad today and that's why he's got this red light on his paper. Corrective action needs to be taken before he comes back to my classroom. And you understand that there, there are others like policemen in your town and the city judge and the sheriff. And everybody else is wanting to tell you what to do. One of my friends at Pastor's said uh, he had a young man that came to him one day and said, Pastor, I'm... I think I'm ready to get out of the home. I'm tired of people telling me what to do. My parents tell me when to go to bed, when to get up, when to eat. Tell me when to go to church, how to dress, go here, and they're telling me what to do. And he said, I'm just tired of people telling me what to do. He said, well, what are you going to do? He said, I think I'm going to join the army. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And then... From God and all of these intervening things, thank God there's a pastor in our life. And he kind of 
kind of closes the two ends of the spectrum. The Bible said that when he led captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men. Thank God for the pastor in our lives. Thank God for a, a mom and a dad that love us. Thank God for godless Sunday school teachers, youth leaders, people that pray for us. Thank God for the civil protection that we have in our country today. All of these coverings are meant to be filters between you and outside influence. In our text in the book of Numbers, every open vessel which hath no covering bound upon it is unclean. Here's what begins to happen. Amen. When these influences come at you in your life, the devil has these little vials of poison that he runs around with trying to infect your spirit. Amen. And if you are in a tent where something has died, and we are in a tent where all of humanity is sinful before God, Every influence around you in this world today is making an, an attempt to contaminate your spirit. Praise the Lord. Making an attempt to pull you back toward the world. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What a great paradox to think of my humanity containing a treasure from Almighty God. But if the coverings are removed from my life, the devil begins to have access to me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the devil's running around with all of these little vials of poison and he tries to get to us. And he shoots an arrow our way. Drops a little venom toward us. And there are filters and coverings in our lives. And there's a pastor that comes out of a prayer room and preaches like we heard last night and said, God's been talking to me and I've got something to say here today. And you listen to the preaching of your pastor who may just so happen to be your dad or granddad or uncle, that does not matter. He does not bear the sword in vain. He's there to help you. And he's there to filter some things out of your life. Things that you cannot handle. Things that would contaminate you. He's there to throw up a standard against the enemy. And say you're not coming in here. Thank God for godly pastors in my life. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13 and 7, it gives us about five things that we should do toward the ministry in our life. Hebrews 13 and 7, remember them which have the rule over you. Who's he talking about? Who have spoken unto you the word of God. 
whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Remember them. What does this mean, remember them? That means when you walk out the back door, take their words home with you. That means when you when you're buying your clothing, remember them. That means when you're selecting your stations on Pandora, remember them. That means when you're choosing your friends to interact with, remember them. Whose faith follow? The Bible also says in the same chapter, verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you. There's that word obey again. And then he goes on to say, and submit yourselves. And again, obedience has to do with action. Submission has to do with attitude. I heard years ago about a little boy that was made to sit down. And he looked at his mom. He said, I may be sitting on the outside, but on the inside I'm still standing up. He was obedient, but he was not submissive. Let me just tell you a little something I've kind of picked up on around here this week. There's, there's some of you young men here that still has an outward look of obedience, but everything about your face says, I'm still standing up. You might walk in here and even lift your hands, but... Something in your spirit, in your heart is saying, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm obedient. But something is working in your spirit. Years ago, I was struggling with a decision in my mind and trying to, trying to choose a direction in my life. And when I talked to my pastor about it, I could tell that he wasn't as, as high on my thinking as I was on my thinking. So I was praying and seeking the Lord and, and uh, he never was, he, he wasn't saying do this, he was just saying this is what I feel and let's keep praying. And during that time of praying and seeking the mind of the Lord, a, a preacher came up to me. He said, I was praying for you and it seemed like the Lord gave me this scripture for you. And uh, he said it to Isaiah 1 and 19. So I went after the conversation was over and looked up the scripture. It said, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. And I saw that principle illustrated again. Obedience is an action. Willingness is an attitude. And so you might say, well, I'm doing everything the pastor asks of me. My skirt's long enough, men, my hair's short enough, this or that. But when you are missing out on that submission, that willingness, obey and submit. Obey and honor. Praise the Lord. For they watch for your soul. Listen to me. They watch for your soul. They are trying to protect you from the influences of this world. And then 
He went on to say in verse 18, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for those that have the rule over you. Pray that God will keep on talking to them. Pray that your resistance will not break them down and cause them to be unwilling or unable to preach what God wants you to have. Pray for them that they would be bold in preaching the gospel. Then he said, salute all them that have the rule over you. Don't walk by your man of God and look the other way and act like you didn't see him. You better honor the preacher in your life. Salute them, honor them, reverence them. Praise the Lord. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. This has to do with civil authority in our life. You might look at the policeman or the popo, as my teenage son calls him, as just being a nuisance. I saw a vehicle on a narrow bridge on our way over here, stranded, maybe a flat or something. Three men out of the vehicle. They had nowhere to go. They went toward the oncoming traffic several yards, maybe 80 or 100, and they were waving people over. You can be sure they were glad when the popo showed up with the blue lights to direct the traffic around there, what could have been a great tragedy. You're getting harassed by some idiot. What a comfort to be able to call and say, hey, I need some help over here. But if you thumb your nose at civil authority, disregard them, praise the Lord. The Bible says submit to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king as supreme or governor. Praise the Lord. And so we have coverings in our lives, and they're there for a purpose. I want to tell you today that you, through your stubbornness, and rebellion can negate the coverings in your life. You don't even have to leave the church to do it. Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. What a beautiful place of paradise. No sweat, no gnats. <laughs> No humidity, no fussing and quarreling. And the Bible says in the cool of the day, the presence of the Lord came and fellowshiped with them. They went over to the tree where the forbidden fruit was. And yes, Adam was there with his wife. When she ate it, he wasn't far behind. And as soon as they had partaken of that forbidden fruit, he said, Ma, I've never felt so uncovered. What happened? They pulled the covering off of their lives. 
They removed the headship and authority. How did they do it? Did they jump up and throw a fit and say, I'm leaving this garden? No, they were, they were disobedient. They were stubborn. They were rebellious. Amen. I know right where I'm at in the Holy Ghost here today. Amen. I came to try to help somebody. I came to try to, to, try to help somebody see these coverings in your life in a different manner. By disregarding, disobeying your parents, civil authority, your mom, your dad, your preacher. You might say, well, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a child of God. Let me tell you something about these coverings in your life today. The Bible said in Romans 13 and 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. It's God's plan that you have a mom and dad in your life. It's God's plan that, that civil authority governs humanity. God gave us that right and privilege and responsibility in Genesis. It's God's plan that you have a preacher in your life. The powers that be are ordained of God. Listen, please. Whosoever resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. No wonder Samuel went crying to God and said, God, they're asking for a king. And perhaps he used words like, they don't trust me anymore. They don't trust my judgment anymore. Samuel was taking it so personally. And the Lord said unto Samuel, they have not rejected thee. They have rejected me that I should not reign over them. No wonder Peter looked at Ananias and he said, wherefore hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Ananias might have been thinking, I haven't talked to the Holy Ghost. I talked to you. You're just a man. But no, Peter said, you lied to the Holy Ghost. And so when you resist all of these coverings and disregard them, you are uncovering yourself from the mighty hand of God too. And then when the enemy comes along in your life with some of his venom and poison, it begins to work its way through your spirit. You have uncovered yourself. You have removed the covering off of your life. You have opened yourself up to the influences of Satan himself. When your preacher gets up and begins to preach to you and you disregard what he's saying, you have taken that covering off of your life. When you look at your parents and you say, well, I just don't see it that way and I'm old enough now to make my own decision, you have opened yourself up to the influence of the enemy and he can put a seed of rebellion in your heart. He can put a seed of stubbornness in your heart. When you remove the covering, you become a naked, uncovered vessel before Almighty God.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No wonder your spirit bows up when your preacher gets up and begins to say to you things like, we're not going to wear that around here. If you honor and obey and submit and the devil tries to drop that rebellion in your spirit, there's a pastor, there's a mom, there's a dad, there's the Holy Ghost shielding you from the influences of those things. But when you have uncovered yourself, the devil has access to your spirit. You are unclean if you do not have a covering over your life. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands and thank God for the covering in your life. Praise the Lord. You might say to yourself or to your friends, to your mom or your dad, or you might even say it to your preacher. What's the big deal about something like this? What's the big deal about wearing my pants up here and looking goofy? Showing off these colorful socks I'm wearing. What's the big deal about my pants being so tight around my leg that everybody can see whatever they're looking at? What's the big deal about wearing my coat fitted? I'm preaching to the young men right now, not the ladies. There was a day when we only had to preach to the ladies about their tight clothing, but now we're having to tell the young men, your pants are too tight. That's ungodly. That's too revealing. You know what's happened? The devil has influence in your life. And he's slowly but surely filling you with his venom and uncleanness. I'm going to tell you what. It's an unclean spirit that's driving these things in your life. That's making you want to dress like a homosexual and press around here like a queer. Yes, I said it and I stand behind it and so does this book. You have uncovered yourself when you start participating in the elements of this world. Do you hear what I'm saying? What's the big deal about a guy putting a flower on his lapel? It's tending to effeminacy. You should not be aspiring to these things. You are uncovering yourself and becoming unclean before God. A young man should not be trying to accessorize his body. You need to be a man. Get rid of your queer clothes. Wear some jeans for God's sake. Put out the effeminate thing from among you. There used to be a day when we encouraged our young men to wear suits and dress pants or whatever. Now I find myself wanting to say, 
Go buy you some jeans for God's sake and don't get skinny jeans. Don't get your little brother's size. Get some that fit you. Get some you can put a, your hand in. Put two taters in your pocket. Something in your back pocket if you need to. Quit running around here in clothes that show off your body. Do you hear me, young men? Then repent and get right with God. You're uncovering your vessel. You're going to be unclean. Do you hear what I'm saying? You think, well, it's just a fad today, but you're going to be a homosexual tomorrow if you don't clean your act up. I feel a holy, righteous indignation in this place. You better hear what I'm saying. You're uncovering your vessel. The devil has access to your mind. He's pouring more and more and more of his venom into your spirit. You look nothing like the clean young person you once were. Hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. You may not like what I'm saying, but God likes it. I said, God likes it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What's the big deal about it? Don't worry about the big deal. Just obey and submit. When the devil comes along trying to drop a little something in your spirit, there's a pastor that stands up and says, No, 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 not around here. And that's a covering for you. He's filtering things out of your life. He's keeping you clean and pure so you can be a vessel of honor before God. Oh, I would to God some of you could see inside your spirit today what you've been allowing and harboring and what has come in since you've been pulling the covers off of your life and removed the authority figures in your life. I wish you could see what God sees today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you think it's about just another rule. Let me tell you the difference in a rule and a principle. A rule is a statement about a particular situation. A principle transcends situations. It is a basic truth or theory. So you might come up and say, well, there's no rule against it. But there could very well be a principle against it. And you're running around here saying, give me chapter and verse. Give me the book. Give me a rule for it. But there are principles. Uh, the Bible says, wherefore, come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. That is a principle that transcends all of time. You might say, well, it's just a fad. But it originated from a dead, putrid, corrupt source. And when a child of God touches it, they become unclean. 
He said, if you touch a dead body, you're unclean. And everything you touch is unclean. And everybody that touches what you touch is unclean. Is it any wonder that after two days of camp that the little spirits start grouping together? Those that like to pray get grouped together. Those that are carnal on the outside of what God is doing get grouped up. They stand around with a smirky little grin while the preacher's preaching, saying, oh, yeah, he's preaching to them or that. This will pass over. After camp, it will all blow over. But I'm preaching to you about a timeless principle that when you touch an unclean thing, you become unclean on the inside. When you take a covering off of your life, you open yourself up to every spirit of this world. I didn't just get here yesterday. I've seen it played out over and over and over. Those that begin to one by one disregard the coverings in their life, disregard the preacher, mom and dad. Before long, the devil has his way in their life. They are unprotected. They are naked. They have no covering. And the devil can do anything he wants to do with them. I want to tell you what, when you take the coverings out of your life, you begin to displease God. You begin to make God angry because he put those coverings there. He covered you from the womb with those coverings. He took care of you. He loved you. And he placed those things in your life for your protection. But when you begin to resist the powers, you're resisting the ordinance of God. No wonder God said in Romans 1 24, God gave them up to uncleanness. God just looked at them and he said, all right, if that's the way you want it, you will not respond to my mercy. You will not respond to my preaching. God gave them up to uncleanness. Verse 26, God gave them up unto vile affections. Verse 28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. The first thing he's going to let you do is indulge the passions of your flesh and let the Satan get on the inside and cause you to participate in perversion and immorality. And before it's all said and done, you'll be there with a reprobate mind thinking I'm all right. But God, because you resisted the power, God gave you over to these things. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's a downward progression. Get yourself out of that cycle. Today, repent to God. Today, clean your heart out. Today, say I'm through with this. I'm ready to get back in right standing with God. I need some coverings in my life. Hallelujah. Come on, are you hungry for God? Do you want a preacher in your life? Do you want godly parents in your life? Do you want Sunday school teachers and youth leaders to help you? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might say, well, Brother Ham, you're just saying that because you saw it. I'm saying it because God's been dealing with me. Before I ever came to this camp, God was talking to me. Praise the Lord. Let's feel after the Holy Ghost. Brother Tim Bass, if you would join me here at the platform. I feel the Holy Ghost reaching for a heart right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we need a move of God in this house today. I said we need a move of God in this house today. We need some young people to repent, get over your attitude, and resubmit yourself to the authority in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My heart literally is breaking right now because I, I still feel that confrontation in the spirit. much as I've tried today, there's some young men that I've yet to reach. Let me tell you something about a man named Samson. Before he ever took his first breath, he was anointed of God and selected by God to be a judge and a deliverer. He had a mom and a dad. I read it this morning. Manoah said, come back and tell us how to order the child. Come back and tell us how to direct the child. And God gave them directions. But one day, Samson decided he was big enough to decide some things for himself. And the Bible said he went down to Timnath. You hear that? He went down. He stepped down from that anointed place. He saw a woman of the daughters of the Philistines. He came up and told his father and mother, I've seen a woman. Get her for me to wife. His father and mother said, Isn't there someone here among your brethren, among the people? Why do you go to the Philistines? Samson reached up and pulled the covering off of his head. He touched a dead body. He was living in fornication and adultery. Everything, every layer of protection that was there to keep him from the hand of the enemy, he disregarded he pushed it to the side. He ignored it. Until one day, with his head in Delilah's lap, the last covering come off. They shook him. Get up. The Philistines are here. And he didn't know that his anointing was all gone. He pulled the last covering off. There was no more power. Nothing left to resist the influences of the world. Nothing left to say no with. Totally powerless. Given over by God to every lust and desire that he had. They put his eyes out. They bound him with fetters. He ground in their meal. You might say, yeah, but he came back. 
normal, but he never got back to that before condition. He was just a shell of the man was, should have been, and could have been. I've tried preaching. I'm trying reasoning. I'm reaching for a heart today. I'm reaching for a young man who's been looking at the cupboards in your life. And you've had a distorted view of why they're there. But I want to tell you why they're there. They're there to take hits like these. Protect you, keep you clean and pure. Oh God, I feel a, a sober spirit in this house today. Hallelujah. God's reaching and drawing for someone in this house today. I want to open this front up for those of you who would like to come and pray. Say, God, I need a covering in my life. God, I don't want to be open to these spirits of perversion. God, I don't want to be given over to my own lust and desires of my flesh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on and cry out to the Lord today. God, I thank you for my parents. Thank you for my preacher, my youth leader those that are trying to encourage and instruct me along this way. God, I want the proper covering in my life today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God's given you a chance to pour that out of your spirit and start all over with Him. Start over clean with Him today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, young ladies. Your mom is not your enemy. She's trying to help you. The preacher's wife is not against you. She's trying to keep you clean. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on there. It's a small thing today, but it'll be fornication tomorrow. It's a small thing today, but it'll be perversion next week. You need the coverings in your life. You need these coverings. Ask God for them today. Oh, Lord.